0: We've been talking over several weeks about these battles that we face in life. The reason why life is so hard and the reason that you've had so many conflicts in so many different areas is that there are unseen forces around you. We talked earlier about the real world and, and how we interpret that and people think that this is... This is the real world, the things that are tangible. But there is a world that is even more real and even more eternal than the things that we see around us. So this fight that we're in is called spiritual warfare. We've spent four weeks talking about this battle with ourselves because my premise was I think that's the area you're going to get the most victory in because that's the area you have the most conflict in. Satan probably doesn't have to um, worry with a lot of us because we're pretty good at messing up all by ourselves. We don't um, understand sometimes the world system around us, so we talked about the world and the battle that we face there, and I'm going to spend this week and next week talking about the battle that we have against our enemy, Satan. And as I thought about this, I thought there's one place that's so clear and so specific that tells us what to do that maybe that's where we ought to spend our time. So um, today and next Sunday, we're going to look at how to fight this battle by preparing for it. And th- this is what I figured out in my life and in some of your lives, is we don't get ready to fight until we're already engaged in, in the, the conflict. Have you noticed that about yourself or about, you know, uh, you're, you're two or three days into a circumstance or a situation, and you think, man, I need to get ready for this, and, <laughs> and you're getting killed? All right, here's our strategy. We're going to get ready before the battle ever starts. Um, and what kind of armor do we need? What kind of equipment do we need? The Bible is so, so clear about this from uh, so many different resources, but what I'm going to do is focus on one particular place, and that's in Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, the scripture that we just put up for you. Uh, and if you don't have a Bible, we're going to put the verses here for you. Uh, if you do have one, you can find it. If you don't have either of those but you've got a phone, um, then you can go to Version app and just read the text and the notes along there. Something kind of new we're doing that we hope will um, help you out a little bit uh, before and after. So in Ephesians, and I'm, t- I'm trying to find Ephesians, my Bible does not have... Um, that's in the New Testament. Okay, I've got it. Um, you know how you can remember where, where those books are? Think about this. You, you probably This generation, you probably don't n- know, but General Electric Power Company, it works. Okay. I have a doctorate. I'm still using that. Okay. Um, here we go. Verse 10. Um, hang on a second. Before we actually get into the text, no, let's go ahead and read it. Verse 10, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of our God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then... After the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet. And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times, and on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And Paul says, pray for me, He says, I'm in this fight to pray for me. Now, before we get into some of that, I'm going to break some of that down, like I say, this week and next week, I want to... Look at a, a few things, three things that Paul teaches us about fighting these battles that you fight. There is this battle against discouragement and depression and doubt and despair and darkness. These delays, these dead ends, these difficulties that we come against, these encounters in, in, in your life that, that you face all the time. And it doesn't matter if you're in middle school If you're in college, if you're a single adult, if you're a grandparent, it doesn't. It's the same strategy. And if you're not prepared for battle, he will take you out. The first thing in Ephesians 6 that we're going to learn is that I've got to get dressed for this battle. I've got to get dressed for it. Nobody would go out into a battlefield unprotected. Nobody would play NFL football without pads and helmet. You know, and there's always this, this controversy or this idea of how can we make players safer? How can we make this sport safer? You know, And we're, we're always looking at that, whether it's Little League or whether it's the NFL. You've got to get ready. You don't go into a fight not ready. So if you're going into battle, you've got to be prepared because whether you realize it or not, because you get used to just going into, you know, day to day to day kind of living, and you're not aware of the fact that you're in a fight. But it's happening. You're in a spiritual battle every day of your life. In Ephesians 6.10, you know, Paul said this, a final word. He said, be strong with the Lord's mighty power. You see, you don't do this in your flesh. You don't do this in your strength. It's Jesus in me. And that that is a secret. So many of us think, well, I'll just get dressed up and I'll be able to do this. No, it's him through me. He said, put on all of the armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies and tricks of the devil. And I hate to tell you this, but you were born into this battle. You didn't ask for this battle. But when you, you know, came to planet Earth, you were born into a cosmic battle. And there's this unseen war that's going on between good and evil, between light and darkness. I would say between God and Satan. But when I say that, it almost kind of communicates that they're equal. And I think sometimes we get that communicated to us that, well, here on one side is, is God and here on the other side is Satan. And they're kind of these two forces. no. The devil is like ten thousand a bazillion, you know, times under God. They're not they're not equals. So Satan can't hurt God. He can't he can't touch him. So what do you do when you can't hurt somebody? You hurt their children. You go after the ones that he loves the most. You want to hurt me? Hurt my family. Hurt my friends. The bottom line is that Satan often uses you as a pawn to get at God. That's what this is all about. He hates you, but he hates him more. And he loves to hurt you because he knows it hurts the Father. Notice what this verse says. It says, put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm. And that was actually a military phrase, a military term, meaning to stand firm. You could stay where you are, you could go forward, but there was no retreat against all the strategies and all these tricks that the enemy uses. The devil is real. He's actual. He's factual. He's not just a force. He's not just this bad karma or presence. You know, all my life I've heard jokes about Satan, you know, and I've seen cartoons of him. Right, and it's and it's always and one of our high schools you know, is the devil. Um, you know, we we see him with a tail and a pitchfork and horns, and he's wearing red pajamas. And and you know, and we just, we kind of and I think that's one of the strategies. That's one of the tricks. Is kind of lighten it up a little bit, add a little humor, make sure you know nobody takes that too seriously. But the fact of the matter is that Satan is not a laughing matter. He hates you with a terrible intensity he has one goal he's focused he has one mission statement and that is to destroy you he wants to annihilate your career he wants to demolish your marriage he wants to obliterate your finances he wants to devastate your whole life he would be happy for you to take your own life when you do that he's won satan just wants to mess you up any way and every way that he can there's no mercy, uh, he, he does not relent. And notice that it said he has strategies and he has tricks. He's so subtle. Satan is strategic, he's smart. And, and here's the thing, this thought hit me this week, he's very experienced. I mean, you know, I, hopefully as I go through life, I'm going to learn by experience. And I've told you so many times before, particularly those of you who are younger than me, let me make the mistakes, Okay. I have goofed up enough for everybody in this room. I've made enough mistakes for all of us. So here's the deal. Let me do that and teach you from that and say, here's what I tried, didn't work, so don't do that. You don't have to keep, we don't have to all keep doing this. That's part of his strategy. He's smart. He's got so much more experience than you. And he's so, so much, (laughs) he can outwit you. And some of you think, I'm smarter. Or, you know, no, don't try to outsmart him. You're never going to do that. And he's not afraid of you. That's the bad news. You're born for a battle. The good news is you were born to win. In First John, John I love, he's one of my favorite writers, said, Greater is he who is in you than he who's in the world. See, this is our strategy. It's that we live our life in Christ. We are in him. It's him in us. The enemy is not scared of you, but he is scared of who's in you. He's not afraid of you, but he knows that God is greater. And when God's spirit, the spirit of Jesus is in you, you don't have to be afraid of Satan anymore. I hope that gives you liberty. I hope, somebody, I hope, I hope a light comes on. You think, wow, I, n- I never thought about it that way. However, you, you've got to get dressed up for battle. Now, the second thing we're going to learn from this passage is I must know my enemy. One of the reasons why you walk around defeated and discouraged all the time is because you don't really know who your real enemy is. You often think that your enemy are these other people. Have you ever thought that? There are times I've thought, boy, if that guy wasn't in my life, I think I'd be doing pretty good. Boy, if she would just disappear or move off somewhere, you know, then, because I, must, I had this mistaken idea that he is, that she is my enemy. And God says, that's really not the way this, this, is, this is working. Who is the real enemy? Who is responsible for all this mess in the world? Now, this week, we've had scandal after scandal breaking the news. And I'm really tempted to think, there's my enemy. When the news comes on and they show these different people, and I think, that person's my enemy. And you know what? Behind that, behind these personalities of people who can be redeemed, there's something else going on. Who's really responsible for the mess in our culture, in our country, in our economy? Who's behind all that? Some of you would say, "Well, that's easy. it's the Democrats." <laughs> Others would say, no, I think it's the Republicans." Some of you would say, "Well, it's just the government. It, it, just, just the government." And I'm a politically minded person, but you know what, we'd all be wrong. Some of you 'd say who's the uh, you know, who 's behind the problems in our society well it 's militant Muslims, or some of you would say well it 's the radical gay, uh, gay agenda when that got started when some of you would say atheist they're, they're, they fight us at you know and some would say well, it 's politics it 's this it 's that it 's media the me- the, the left wing you know, and we just kind of identify all these these places where evil or where, you know, anything that's spun out of control is expressed through a specific avenue or group. We'd be wrong in every case because they are not real enemy. Here's what the Bible says in verse 12. We are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against those mighty powers of darkness who rule this world and against wicked spirits. And some some translations say spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. You're no match for Satan. Uh, and if you try to take Satan on by yourself, um, it, it's it's just not going to work. It's going to have no effect on him because he's not afraid of you. He's not scared of you. And you cannot hurt him like that. Everybody gets used by Satan. Christians get used. As a follower of Jesus, I have been used by the enemy. Uh, And sometimes there are things you say and thoughts you've had in your mind that didn't come from the Lord, right? Do you remember Flip Wilson? I I know I show my age. Now that I'm going to be a grandfather, I'm just going to start admitting that I really do remember all these things because I was there I was alive. I'm 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 old. But he used to say the devil made me do it. The devil makes you say, you know, sometimes you just say it. It's you. You could take credit. Okay, don't blame the devil. I just said that. <laughs> that was from me. But sometimes it's the devil. That, that that is behind that and is a motivation. There's things you've thought and you thought, "Where did that come from?" Can a believer do that? Absolutely. I've said things to my wife looking back and I think, oh, that was from the devil. And she knew it was from the devil and said that was from the devil. <laughs> you can't beat Satan, but God can. The other thing I want you to understand about this is not everything that is spiritual is good. There's a spiritual wickedness. There there are good spirits and there are bad spirits. There's spiritual light and there's spiritual darkness. I was in Starbucks, and I I, I got to know one of the baristas in there, and and one of the others who worked there, I came in, and they figured out I'm a pastor. I've just got that thing, you know. No, no, they kind of knew. Um, Maybe because I walk in with a book like this, and then sometimes I preach in there until they ask me to leave. So I guess they got a clue. No, I don't really do that. You think, oh, please don't tell them you're from Calvary. (laughs) Please don't tell them you're my pastor. But the, the lady said, uh, uh, hey, pastor, or something, just calls me. doesn't know my name, just knows I'm a pastor. And the other, the other there's a, a younger lady, a, a girl. I'm old enough I can start saying girl again. Um, a girl in there, and she said, I'm a very spiritual person too. And not being judgmental, I thought, yeah, you are, but you're the wrong <laughs> spirit. You know, we say, I'm spiritual, and some of you would say that today, and, and I respect you, I understand what you're saying, but it doesn't mean that's a good spirit. There are evil spirits dressed up like good. So not everything that's spiritual is good. And by the way, Satan's not going to fight you fair. You know, a lot of times he's going to put ideas in your in your head. When I was a kid, I was smaller than a lot of the other kids, and I got beat up. We lived in a real bully kind of neighborhood. And I'll never forget my dad sitting me down one time, and, and he said, son, you're just going to go through life like this. He said, you need an equalizer. And I said, what? He said, an equalizer. He said, when you're in a situation like that, and they're bigger than you, and you're picking on, he said, it's okay. It's fair for you to get an equalizer. And what he meant was a stick or a rock or anything around me that I could find. I know, it's redneck neighborhood. And I actually, by sixth grade, I love this story. Uh, I sent a guy to the hospital with a stick. Um, I broke his arm and I chipped a bone in his cheek. I mean, I, because I had an equalizer. You don't need to fight Satan by yourself. God has given you an e- This is the worst illustration. I'm going to go back and think. <laughs> and all these, all these guys in high school would be going yeah amen my pastor said i could mess you up today you know you're all going to get suspended it was a different day back then okay forget that I just erase that just uh, the whole thing i just said never mind uh but, but satan's not going to fight you fair um and, and you got to catch him in the act he, he, he can't he won't physically attack you he can't come out and just slug you you know you just something felt a punch and you think what was that that was the devil punching me That not going to happen it's going to happen in your mind it's going to it's a mental it's a it's a spiritual battle those thoughts of depression those thoughts of discouragement those that anger and that fear that just seems overwhelming you think i can't i'm just so scared you're under attack you're under attack that's the way he's going to come at you now one other thing before we get in this passage it's going to teach us is that i've got to use every piece of the armor and we're going to spend today's session just looking at about three of these, and then next week, other, another three, and then I think a fourth secret weapon. You know, if you ever look this up in a commentary, they go, well, here are the six pieces of armor. I think right at the end, and you go back and read this passage this week, and you'll see the, you'll see what I'm talking about, the, the secret that motivates and energizes all of this. I've got to use every piece. Verse 13 says, use every piece. That's how I know of God's armor to resist the enemy in the time of evil so that after the battle's over, you'll be the one standing firm. God says you can have the victory. And what I want you to do is to learn that the fact that we fight from victory, not for victory. You see, Jesus won the victory on the cross. He was the vi- When he stepped out of that tomb on Resurrection Sunday, he won. We fight from the victory, not towards it. The enemy will lie to you about that. So we stand in a place of victory because of what Jesus has already done at the cross. But he said, you're going to have to put on this armor and resist the enemy so that you'll be standing firm when these things happen. So let me give you a little background. Here's Paul. This is the way, you know how I always picture things in my mind, and I don't know if it was really like this, but it kind of helps me. He's writing this passage of Ephesians while in prison. Paul's the most famous convict that ever lived. You know, it's like the leader of of our movement, you know, our hero of the faith. Yeah, he was an ex-con. He was legalistic. He was, you know, he was all these things. And he's our man, you know, he's our guy. Well, he's in prison. The Roman Empire uh, is spread all over Europe and Asia. Paul has been taken prisoner to appeal to Caesar, who is the emperor in Rome. And he's Paul is notorious in Rome right now. So not only is he's in prison, but he's so dangerous that he's chained 24-7 to a Roman centurion. And I think as Paul is sitting down to write this letter to these people he loves so much, he, he's chained to this guard, and he looks over at him, and, he, and he's, he, he wants to write about how to handle spiritual warfare because it's such a t- time of demonic power. And, and, he, and he looks over at this guy, and he thinks hey, there's a good illustration. This is what preachers always do. They're always looking around, you know, how can I make this better or or clear? And he looks around and he sees this fully dressed Roman centurion, and he goes, hey, I think I see a teaching lesson. And I can compare every part of this Roman soldier's outfit, weaponry, his protection, and make a spiritual parallel to the things that we need to do to guard our life against depression and despair and defeat and doubt and difficulty and all these things that get us down.